Welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. We want to talk about love today, a little segue into our message. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to the love chapter in your Bible. It's 1 Corinthians 13. And if you have been to some weddings in your life, you probably have heard this section of Scripture read during the actual ceremony. And we felt it very important to enter into this new fall season talking about love because we feel love. The word love has been so distorted with our culture, it's hard to really understand what real, genuine God love looks like. You know, for instance, like, let me do a survey here. Okay, are you guys into a survey? You gotta, you gotta play along, you gotta raise your hand. How many of you would say you love ice cream? Raise your hand. You love ice cream, all right? Good, a lot of people, all right? How many of you would say you love exercise? <laughs> Not as many hands, but it's a good idea if you love ice cream that you should love exercise, all right? I'm just saying. How many of you would say you love someone in your family? You love someone in your family, all right? How many of you would say that you love conflict? You love conflict. Nobody? Uh, all right. Be careful of this guy. Just saying. Be careful. Anyone that loves conflict. Uh, how many of you would say you love being married? Okay, if you're married, I hope you just raise your hand. <laughs> or really do, or else I have another sermon for you later. How many of you would say you love money? Someone's like, is that a trick question? Because the Bible says the love of money is not good for me. Um, how many of you would say that you love the Washington Nationals? Oh, yeah, because if you said yes right now, we would escort you out of service. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everyone is welcome. Go Dodgers, right? We have this, this thing in our culture that, that th there are so many things that we love, and, and I believe the word is so overused but underlived out. And, and this is why we want to unpack this, because Jesus told us, that of all the qualities that we possess as his followers, that the one quality that will help people determine that we're connected with him, that we belong to him, is how we love each other. So out of all the qualities that we possess of, of people of faith, this one quality, we got to make sure we get down right. So that's why we're unpacking this over several weeks. But let me pray this. Father, I thank you for your word God, it's here to not just inform us, but more importantly, transform us. God, may you use this series and this message today to help us be the outrageous lovers that you've called us to be. And we thank you in advance for how you're going to do that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Let me take you to the scripture. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, love is patient, love is kind, is not jealous, love does not brag, is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, 
It does not speak its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Let's say it together. Love never fails. So very clear description of what love is. Now, last week, we unpacked what love is in terms of love is patient. And so if you didn't listen to that message, you can go and listen to our podcast. But today, we want to look at love is kind. Now, this is a a really good description of love, even though when I say kind, it just is kind of bland, huh? It's like saying, that's nice. And when you say, that's kind, like, like when I hear the word kind, I don't know, maybe I'm nostalgic, but I just, I kind of jump in my time machine and I'm back in the 1990s. Be kind, rewind. How many remember seeing that at Blockbuster? How many remember, if you didn't rewind, you got charged extra. Remember that? Be kind, rewind. So when, when we say this term, like it, it may just not like land for you because it's just so bland. But this term is powerful. And even if you are not a person of faith, just our culture has embraced this term. Our, our culture has seen the value of kindness being lived out. Matter of fact, there is a series of commercials out there. I don't know who sponsors it, but it's called Hello Human Kindness. Because science is now backing up the benefits of what happens when you are a kind person. A study conducted recently by the University of Tennessee and John Hopkins University, they reported a tremendous impact on your health when you display kindness in your life. The study showed scientifically that the body reacts to kindness chemically by elevating its levels of opioids that turn and create elevated levels of dopamine in the brain that create a natural high. The oxytocin we produce when being kind also reduces inflammation in the cardiovascular system, slowing aging and generating stronger heart health. Scientists are now coming to the conclusion that this phenomenon is called the helper's high. That when you're actually kind towards other human beings, that it's cultivating this well-being inside of your soul. But if society is seeing this, how much more do we need to embrace this as people of faith, as followers of Jesus? Because, I mean, here it is in the description of love. Matter of fact, there's one foundation that started this movement, I think it was 10 years or so. It's called Random Acts of Kindness. Have you heard of it? And they really push this, you know, random acts of kindness. See, for us as believers, as followers of Jesus, kindness isn't random. It is intentional. And so we want to look at this word from a biblical lens and unpack this and and really see how we might apply this to our everyday life. So let's look at this. I'm going to give you a breakdown of this word, and and we're going to do it in three ways. Okay, so if you're taking notes, write this down. Kindness, when the Bible is looking at it, kindness is an act that you do. Now, this is different. Last week, we talked about patience. And patience is all about being, being patient. But the difference of kindness is kindness is all about doing. You, you do kindness. Kindness is a verb. Kindness is 
the act of actually doing something for another person. Matter of fact, in the Greek language, this word literally is translated to show oneself useful. To show oneself useful. So you're, you're stepping out and you're showing, you're putting on display this love by something that you do towards another human being. One of the famous stories that Jesus gives us in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, he talks about this good Samaritan, which as Jesus is telling the story is kind of funny because the Samaritan in the Jewish culture was the villain. He was the person that they all despised, and Jesus flipped the script and made the Samaritan the hero. And in this story, this Jewish man, he gets beat up and robbed, and he's left for dead, and the, the guys that are going to the temple, one of the priests, he walks by and says, ah, I don't have time for this guy. And another guy's like, ah, oh, I don't want to be unclean. And so both of these guys that are the religious people walk right by this man that is bleeding and hurting and about to die. But it's the Samaritan that actually stops, attends to this hurting guy, bandages him up, takes him in so he can kind of get a room to heal in. And, and so he tells the guy, uh, a part of the hotel, he says, hey, I'm going to uh, give everything I need to give so that this guy can be healed. And if you need to do anything extra, hey, and he needs to stay longer, the bill's on me. So take care of this guy. And this all stems from a question that a lawyer was asking Jesus about what commandment is the greatest commandment. And Jesus went in and said, you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer doing what lawyers do, said, what do you mean by the term neighbor? I don't know how lawyer, if lawyers all talk like that. And if you're a lawyer, forgive me. Um, but what do you mean by the word neighbor? I don't know why I grabbed my shirt and didn't do that. <laughs> but he's, tra- he's trying to get out of Jesus, like, you know, tell me, like, break this down for me. And Jesus illustrates the love for the neighbor by what this Samaritan did. And I never saw this before in this text. But as I was rereading the Good Samaritan story, I I was really focused on verses 36 and 37. It's the very end. So Jesus is landing the plane. He's, He's making his point to the lawyer. He says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands. And the lawyer said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. Go and do the same. That kindness is in not necessarily what you say, but kindness is what you do. It's it's in the doing that we need to look at this word Kind. The second thing is that we need to understand that just like patience last week, not only is it an act of doing, this is a fruit of the Spirit. So as God begins to fill your life up, that you make a decision that you're following Jesus and you're intentionally putting yourself in a position of being filled with the Spirit of God daily, actively in your life, then God is transforming you from the inside out. In other words, we were all born with heart disease. And so what Jesus has done is he's offered us his perfect heart to transplant for our imperfect heart. And so the more 
of, of God's presence that we're putting ourselves in, the more of the heart of God that we're having being infused into our life. And the Bible says when we are in a position of being filled with the Spirit, there are qualities that flow from our life, from the heart that is moving inside of our life. And this is what it says in Galatians chapter 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and then what's the next one, church? Kindness. There it is again. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So what you see happening here is that the book of Galatians is trying to get our attention and saying, if you want to be more of a patient person, be filled with the Spirit. If you want to be a person that is acting kind towards other people, then be filled with the Spirit. And there's a, another part of uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, that I think really clarifies this. It says, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And here it is, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So, so the heart of God towards you is kindness. The, the heart of God towards you is that even though you didn't deserve it, Christ died for you so that you could be forgiven of the wrongs that you have committed in your life. So as you move more and more towards the heart of God, the more of this kindness that is in essence who God is starts flowing from your life. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And here's the third one. This is probably the most impactful one, especially after the news events of this week. I would say kindness is another term for grace. Grace is a very churchy term. And I think we use it so casually that we forget its impact for our faith. But as I was looking at this word grace and how it's intertwined with this word kindness, I found it very fascinating that there's such an overlap in the Greek language of the word grace and the word kindness that one Bible translation took the liberty to change out the word grace with the word kindness in their translation. God's word translation. And I just, for the sake of like unpacking it for you guys, let me read to you from God's word translation, Ephesians chapter 2. So the word in the Greek for, for grace is the word charis. So what we see in this word kindness is like an elongated version of charis. And, and so changing out these words, we read, we were dead because of our failures, but he made us alive together with Christ. It is God's kindness that saved you. God has brought us back to life together with Christ Jesus and has given us a position in heaven with him. He did this through Christ Jesus out of his generosity to us in order to show his extremely rich kindness in the world to come. God saved you through faith as an act of kindness. You had nothing to do with it. Being saved is a gift from God. Now, what I love about this translation and, and how they've exchanged the word grace with kindness is because forgiveness is a big part of displaying kindness. Forgiving somebody of something they've done to hurt your life is a big part of doing something for that other person when they really don't deserve it. 
This is what Ephesians chapter 2 is saying, how God has been kind to us. And as we recognize the grace that is involved, the forgiveness that is involved with us being kind to another person, then we become grace givers and not just grace receivers. There was something that happened this week in the news, and I don't know if you guys paid attention to it. I try not to listen to it because I hate all the political stuff that's out there, but, but something went viral this week. And it had something to do with a court decision that came out of Dallas involving a police officer that killed a man that was really in his own apartment, and she mistakenly thought it was her apartment. It's a mess. It's a mess on several levels. It was like the perfect storm of tragedy that took place. And in this event, Amber Geiger, who was on the police force for the Dallas Police Department, killed Botham Jean, a 26-year-old young African-American man just sitting in his own apartment. And she shot him, and he died. So they did a court hearing. They tried him uh, criminally, and they sentenced Amber to 10 years in prison. And as they were giving out the, the sentencing, they asked a family member to come forward to the stand to speak to Amber before the sentencing was finalized. And um, Botham's little brother, Brant, 18-year-old young man, stepped up to the podium. And he gave one of the most moving testimonies that I've ever heard in my life. This video has been watched 1.6 million times in a matter of four days. This is how big this is and how much people are feeling this. But I want to play it for you in case you missed it because it has everything to do with what we're talking about today, coincidentally. So go ahead and watch this. I hope you go to God with all, what, all the guilt, all the, things, the bad things you may have done in the past. Each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I, see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. 
I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. there's a lot of sniffles out there that's just moving I was reading one comment that was made on the Twitter feed where this video was posted and said Brant just preached the most powerful sermon that could ever be preached I, I, I don't know what hurt has been inflicted on your life I, I can only imagine there, there's a lot of tragedy out there but this is probably one of the greatest tragedies I've ever heard and that display of grace of kindness. It was unbelievable. That wasn't natural. That was supernatural. Matter of fact, it was so powerful in that courtroom that the judge did something that judges don't do. You know, she got off the bench and she went over and she consoled uh, Botham's family, but then she went over to Amber and she embraced her with her own hug. She gave her a Bible and she started speaking verses into Amber's ear. And now she's in hot water because she did all this stuff. But it was so moving that even the judge left her bench because she felt the power of that moment that heaven opened up over that courtroom and started pouring out a big dose of kindness that this world isn't used to. So I'll, I'll post that on my social media so you guys can share that if you haven't seen it. So maybe you can share a little dose of that with some other people that are maybe in your life. But this kind, of this kind of kindness is contagious. That when you start living this out biblically, the way you're supposed to live it out, you're gonna change the world. Your families aren't gonna be the same. Your workplace isn't gonna be the same. Your neighborhood is not gonna be the same. Our city is not gonna be the same if we are being kind the way God has called us to be kind. It's going to change everything. So some of you may be in a space, you're like, I get it, but, but how, how do I start living it? How, how do I do it? And, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for 30 years. I've been a pastor for about 25 years. And, and I will tell you, sometimes being kind is the most difficult thing to do in a situation, to be honest with you. Especially, you know, as we talked last week, driving on the 101, all right? So, but... but but let me just give you three things I've learned. How to apply kindness in your life and how to, how to kickstart more kindness for your life. So here, here's three things I've learned and I'm just passing them on to you for whatever it's worth. But number one, I've learned that kindness starts with seeing the needs around me. You, you gotta see the needs around you. And because we are such a self-centered culture, 
a lot of times all we can see is what's on our agenda and what we're doing for the day or what our family's involved in. And, and we have the, the, this tunnel vision where we, we can live in spaces where there's thousands of people, but we never see anybody. I'm totally guilty of this. Like I can get so tunnel vision and so driven with my agenda that I don't even see people and I can walk right by them and not even see them. One time it got me in trouble, this guy that uh, I, I would see all the time. Uh, he was a, a friend of a friend in Vegas and, and uh, I was in the gym working out and he was in the gym working out. I didn't know he was there and I was in my mindset working out. I'm probably planning a sermon or something and I walked by him twice and I didn't see him. So the third time I walked by him, he stops me. And I'm like, hey, it's Winston. He goes, why are you dissing me, man? And I go, oh, he, he called me out right there. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, you walked by me twice and you ignored me. Did I do something to you? I go, dude, I didn't even see you. He goes, I don't believe you. I go, I'm serious, dude. And it was a really defining moment for me. Like, Jim, look around. Look around, see the people around you. Because here's what I've discovered. Every single human being that you see has issues going on in their life. And you could be the conduit of heaven to, to give them what they need to get them out of their issues. So I say it like this. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. And, and sometimes it's just seeing them. And wondering, what is their story? What are they going through right now? And, and it leads to a second thing that I've learned. Speak to strangers. And I know that sounds super weird. Like, what are you saying? Speak to strangers. Like, we tell our kids, don't speak to strangers. Which is good, by the way. You know, you should tell your kids that. Because kids are naive and they'll trust anybody. But I think a lot of us, we carry that mindset into adulthood. And this is where the gospel is so powerful because Jesus demonstrated this to us. He spoke to strangers. He, he broke all kinds of cultural boundaries by speaking to this woman at the well in John chapter 4. He's like, you don't speak to a woman, let alone a Samaritan woman. And Jesus initiated the conversation and a miracle took place. How many more miracles are we missing out on because we are refusing to speak to people that God has put right in our paths? We could have some really fun conversations with people because it really goes hand in hand with the people's needs because once you start speaking to them, they will start revealing to you the issues going on. I made it a mission years ago that whenever I would go into a space, maybe I didn't know the people, maybe it, you know, I was new, uh, maybe it was in a store, I, I would always be intentional to say, I've, gotta, I've just got to get to know these people. I know that they're, they're the, the person, the clerk helping me, but I'm going to engage in conversation. I'm just like, hey, like, how are you doing? Like, what, what's your story? So I'll never forget this because it's an embarrassing moment of my life, but I was at a GNC store in Vegas and I was just getting, getting some supplements, and I was making some small talk with the clerk, and, and we were kind of, you know, exchanging information and stories, and, and it was just a transaction, but there was a, a lady that was behind me in line, and I turned around and said, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, I'm taking up this time, you know, I'm connecting with this, this clerk, and, and she's like, well, you're really frisky. And now in my mind, what I heard her say was you're feisty, like you're, you're like a tigger. And that's always a compliment to me. I like Tigger. I like to be like, hoo, hoo, hoo. You know, I like that. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the energy guy. 
I'm coming in the room. I don't know a stranger. So this is what I heard her say. And so I turned back to her and said, lady, you don't know the half of it. Which then she replied to me, oh, really? But it was her response that triggered me, like, I don't think I understand what she said. So I got my stuff and left really quick. But, but sometimes you just got to put yourself out there at risk of embarrassing yourself because you never know what that conversation can do as far as opening doors to somebody's life that could allow you to deposit some kindness that would change everything for their life. Does that make sense? Here's the third thing I've learned is you step into the mess. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, people's issues are messy. And, and it's, it's gonna require some sacrifice on your part. If you really wanna be kind in, in, on this level of being kind, do, do you think that moment that Brant came down from, from the, the stand and he embraced Amber, the person who was responsible of taking her brother's life away, of his brother's life away, I mean, that's, that's insanity. That's crazy. It's going to be messy. But the miracle that happens by you stepping into the mess is going to be way worth you getting messy. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require you leaving your comfort zone. It's going to require maybe some money. It's going to require maybe some time. Uh, maybe you doing something for free that you normally get paid to do. And you're like, I'm doing this because I want to be kind, because my God has been super kind to me. I, I think of times in my life where I just felt nudges to be kind to people. And there was one man, this happened maybe a couple months ago, and, and he was sitting at, at the uh, exit of a gas station, and, and he was panhandling. He was trying to get some money. And, and so I, I saw that he had like a little gas can, and I was like, well, he's obviously trying to get gas, and and it's a good con job, though, to have the gas can. I was like, that's a pretty good move. Like, I, you know, uh, and so I, I'm thinking to myself, like, I want to bless this guy. I felt the nudge, like, help this guy out. And so I don't like to give money to these guys. So I said, I want to give you gas. So where's your car? He goes, it's over at the gas pump. I go, perfect. I'll meet you over there. So he said, can I get in your car and wouldn't drive there? I was like, uh, okay, let's do this. So I was like, all right, Lord, protect me. I don't know what I'm getting into. So he jumped in my car. We drove over. We went to the gas pump, and we filled up his car. And I said, but I, I have one request, man. He said, what's that? I said, let me pray for you. What's going on in your life? He goes, I'm going through a lot. I said, all right, let's pray over it. So I get to pray with him. And, and then he, the whole time, you know, I'm praying. I don't know this guy, so I'm praying with my eyes open, all right? <laughs> you, you, you would have, too. And I'm watching him, and he's like, he's looking around. He doesn't know what's going on. So I was like, well, I just know in this moment that my kindness to this guy is letting this space have a little bit more heaven than it did before. It was a beautiful moment. He drove away, and then I walked away, and I was just like, whoa. I know he got the gas like he needed, and then I got to be used as a conduit of heaven to be able to meet a need that this man had. It was, it was a beautiful moment. I felt good. He felt good. The world became a better place. But I had to step into the mess. I would never advocate a woman putting herself in, in harm's way 
to do something kind. You gotta be street smart with everything as God directs you. But then this week, I was on the other end of a kind gesture. So we went to Disneyland for my in-law's 50th wedding anniversary. So on Tuesday, we had this big breakfast at IHOP. And, you know, it's funny to celebrate a 50-year anniversary at IHOP. And so we're there at IHOP. We're, we're eating this big breakfast, getting ready to go to the park. And it came time for us to pay our bill. And the waitress came over and said, somebody paid for your meal. And I was, like, thinking, like, there's 15 of us here. Like, this is one thing, like, you pay for a couple. You're like, oh, that was nice. Like, <laughs> 15 people? That's like a $200 bill. I'm like, that's next level. I'm like, who are, who is this couple? And they're like, they were sitting right there when you came in and they left. And so maybe it was you. I don't know. Or thank you. Thank you for the free breakfast. But being on the other end of that, man, it's like, wow, that was so cool in that moment to be on the receiving end of kindness. I've got to tell you something. That as we end our time, and I'm going to have the worship band come up. As we end our time, I want to, I want to give you a homework assignment this week. Some of you are like, I didn't go back to school because I hate homework. I'm going to give you an, a homework assignment. I want you to do this. And on the seat when you came in, there should have been a card that looks like this. It's a white card. It says, it says something extra to show you God loves you. Now. On the back of that, it says, and so do we. And it gives our church website. You never know what one intentional act of kindness, not random, intentional act of kindness can do to change somebody's life. So here's your homework assignment. Pray and ask God to give you an idea of a way to be kind. Now, Sometimes, let's be honest, it's easier to be kind to a stranger than it is to a family member. Hello, somebody. <laughs> right? Maybe you're supposed to use this card on a family member. And, and I want to challenge you. Whether, whether it's loving somebody with a kind gesture to your family, or, or maybe you take a $20 bill and, and you put it behind this card and put it on somebody's windshield wiper. Maybe you go through the drive-thru and you give it to the clerk and say, um, I want to pay for the person's order and just I ask you to just give them this card. You could change not just the trajectory of somebody's day. You can change the trajectory for their entire eternity by one intentional act of kindness. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? 
To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. Bye.